Hi, Jillian. Hi, Rosalie. It is so good to see your face. It's so good to see your face. Yay. Yay. <laughs> We're back. We are back after a very extended break. <laughs> Much more extended than we were thinking it was going to be. But it was lovely. Yeah, well, at times, yeah. It, at times, it was <laughs> lovely. It was lovely to rest. Yes. But mostly, I'm really happy that we're back. Yes, we're back and we are in our groove for season two of Shit My Soul Says. That's right. Welcome to Shit My Soul Says, a podcast about all things woo. I'm Jillian. And I'm Rosalie. And we are obsessed with anything having to do with alternative spirituality. And we want to share our obsession with you. Because woo is fun, but it's more fun with friends. I'm a reincarnation coach and energy worker. And I'm a practicing witch. So we've been around the woo block a time or two. Mm -hmm. Each episode, we will be digging into a different topic, from tarot to third eyes to energy healing. We'll share our personal experiences and offer you practical advice for your own practice. So whether you're new to all of this or queen of the pagans, that's me. (laughs) Everybody is welcome. No witch card needed. This is inclusive woo. We just want to laugh with you, learn with you, and talk about some woo shit with you. So let's do that. Let's talk about shit my soul says. So it's time for the weekly woo. What is the weekly woo, you ask? New listener. Uh, (laughs) Because those of you who've been around know exactly what the weekly woo is. The weekly woo is the time in our episode when Rosalie and I talk about some woo shit that we've gotten up to over the past week that we think is interesting, and we hope that you do as well. (laughs) Jillian, what's your weekly woo? Well, I have two different weekly woos. Okay. So one I wouldn't tell you about before when we talked offline. right. Yes, because I wanted to save it for the podcast. So Christmas just happened, right? Yep. At least in our world right now. And as opposed to when the listener is listening to this, I mean, I don't know what time it is in your world, listener, but in our (laughs) world, Christmas just happened. And so for Christmas, I got my niece a puzzle because she loves puzzles. Mm -hmm. And I found a puzzle that was the Zodiac wheel. Yes, it was a circle of all of the houses. And I was just like, I'm going to slip some woo in. And so (laughs) I talk about this particularly because in previous episodes, I've talked about how my brother is very atheist and he does none of that woo stuff, right? He doesn't doesn't Mm. say that explicitly. It's it's very just a given that we don't really talk about woo stuff because he's not into it. But I'm like, I'm going to sneak in a little woo to my, because I figure like it's always good to know about astrology. It's pop culture. Right? Yes, absolutely. And so then this is a way for her to get familiar with it. And she's like 10. But interestingly enough, we're sitting around talking. We started talking about the astrological wheel. Really? Yes. And my niece was like, well, what am I? And so I said, you're a Leo, which, well, we'll get back to that. She's very, very introverted. I guess we won't get back to it. We'll talk about it right now. She's very introverted. And I'm like, well, Leo's like to have like all of the attention. They're very like showy. And she's I said, that doesn't sound like you. And she's like, no, that is not me. 
And I'm like, well, there's a lot more to the chart than just your sun sign. Anyway, the thing that was interesting, my brother was there and he was talking about astrology too and was like, well, what's my sign? And so we talked about cancer and how you're very home oriented, like you never leave the house. And everyone's like, <laughs> yep. And my brother even had more to throw in and was like actually engaging in the conversation. Wow. And I was just like, what's happening right now? <laughs> It was a Christmas miracle. This is what it was. <laughs> I feel like there's a big shift happening in the woo world. And that's just one of the signs. Yes. Jillian's brother getting into woo. Well, even on a superficial level. He's talking about woo. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take it and put it in my pocket and run with it. <laughs> One of the other signs, this is not my weekly woo, but it's related to yours, is my agnostic husband, I believe it was yesterday, said to me, you're going to turn me into a pagan. I hope you know this. (laughs) I love it. I hope you know this. (laughs) It almost sounds like a threat or something. (laughs) It was more of a like resigned, like... Yeah, this is gonna happen. (laughs) (laughs) This is his fate. Well, I have the second little weekly woo too. I'm storing them all up after all of these months (laughs) off. And the second was I was inspired to update my website, JillianHarrington.com, and uh, shifted it to really focus on my energy work because that's really where I light up and where I find joy is in doing energy healings. So I actually put on my website the ability to book an energy healing with me. Love it. On Sundays. And so you can book directly if you're interested. And also do like energy teachings. So I felt like it doesn't need to take off, but I wanted to like plant a seed. I felt like it's important to plant a seed and see how it grows. Absolutely. So, yeah. Very cool. I'm excited for you. Thank you. That's my weekly woos. My weekly woos. <laughs> what about your weekly woo? I'm curious because of what you've written down in our notes. Okay, well, first, I wasn't going to bring this up, but now I have to. Now you have to. <laughs> um, that I launched my business Yay! recently as a metaphysical advisor and tarot reader. So my website is rosalieforest.com. That's forest with two R's. And yeah, I launched that on the winter solstice, which is a very auspicious day for that sort of thing. And our anniversary of our podcast as well. Yes. So I'm very excited about that. So that's one weekly woo. So see, we got up to something even when we weren't recording. (laughs) That's right. We sure did. We sure did. My other weekly woo, the one that I was actually planning on telling you about, was my lemon pig. Yes. What's that? Slash apple pig. Yes. Lemon pig slash apple pig. One of my neighbors posted on Facebook a little picture of a lemon that had been doctored to look like a tiny little pig. Okay. (laughs) And she wrote, have you made your lemon piglet? For the new year. And there was a little blurb about how like, oh, if you on the new year, if you make a lemon out of your pig. or (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the pig would like that very much. (laughs) If you make a pig out of a lemon and put a coin in its mouth, 
then you'll have prosperity and good fortune in the year to come. So then all of my neighbors started making little lemon pigs or mandarin <laughs> orange pigs or whatever they, they had on hand. There was a rush for citrus at the <laughs> store. We did not have any citrus fruits in our house, but I had um, an apple that was getting a little old, to be honest. And so I was like, fuck it. So I turned it into a little apple pig, but it doesn't look anything like a pig. <laughs> <laughs> what does it look like? I, I've heard squirrel and hamster. Oh. Or chipmunk. Those are the <laughs> these are on my Instagram, Rosalie Forest 4. So feel free to look at them. <laughs> Posted on January 1st, 2022. Yeah, welcome. Two two two. That was just kind of a thing where it was like, you know what, I'm going to do this fun little thing that comes from who knows where to bring prosperity into the new year because I didn't have a lot of energy to do the stuff that I would normally do. Yes. I haven't had childcare for over a week because preschool's closed for the holidays. So it's been really hard. But yeah, let's just say when life gives you apples, make apple juice. Or apple squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> with coins in their mouths i even found a dollar coin so oh, that's what i put in its mouth there you go that's a rich fancy squirrel with a big <laughs> mouth oh my goodness well yeah if we were talking about new year stuff i would have a whole bunch of weekly woo stuff to talk about i but we'll just sum it up to say i did my usual prognostication mm. did my um my tarot cards and all of that i'll just sum it up now remember at the beginning of 2020 i did it and i got the tower for the home oh i remember yeah so I did that read again. I like to do this astrological layout, which we can link to. I think I have it in one of our blog posts. The one that concerned me was social relationships. That house had the hermit. <laughs> I was like, well, here we go. Another year. <laughs> it wasn't reversed by any chance, was it? Nope. <laughs> wah, wah. So, yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for travel was like, you need to get over your delusions about travel. <laughs> I was like, noted. <laughs> oh. Yes. Anyway, that's Weekly Woo time. So we're going to just give you a quick rundown of what you can expect from Ship My Soul Says in Season 2. We sure are. Part of the reason that there was such a long break between seasons was that we knew that we wanted to make some pretty big changes to the podcast. We had a retreat and everything where we like were inspired by all of these amazing ideas. And it was like intense and magical. And then we started to try to do them and they did not work. <laughs> and I was just like, what? We're, we're inspired to do this. But I think that maybe we just needed to shift our perspective on what the inspiration was telling us. Yeah. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be having two different sort of styles of podcast each month. So excited about it. And the first one each month is going to be us talking about how we use Woo yes. to deal with 
all the shit that life brings us. Yes, just life in general. Like first season is very much about teaching everybody about woo techniques. And now we're turning it on its head and be like, okay, here's the thing. How do you bring woo to this? Right? Exactly. How do you do woo? And and the thing that's great is that Rosalie and I have very different approaches to woo. So it'll be kind of a very rounded approach to how you might deal with a particular topic. Exactly. We hope. We hope. And then the second episode each month is going to be Jillian and I are going to take turns yes. running workshops for yes. each other and therefore for you. We have no idea about how it's going to turn out. Right. So we, we say this now. And if the next episode that you hear is not a workshop. <laughs> that means that it sucked when we tried it. Yeah. Because we recorded a whole different first episode for season <laughs> two. And I spent so many hours editing it. We did. And we got to the night before we were going to post it. We had to be like, nope, we're not <laughs> posting this tomorrow. So we're excited. And I think that this idea about doing workshops still is in line with what we had kind of gotten from that retreat about having kind of these experiences. Right. You know, that was something that we wanted to really do was to bring experiences, woo experiences to our listeners. Yeah. Because our listeners are at every stage of woo. Yes. From woo curious to queen of the pagans. Yes. And we wanted to do more than just have another show that's teaching you about something. We wanted to actually kind of get it into your life. Exactly. So that's what we're doing. Yay! And we're also, as we talk about topics, we're also going to be asking you all, listeners, for how you do woo when you deal with these certain things. And like, let us know so that we can add it to our basket and feed it back to listeners. So it'll be a real... Collaboration. It'll be a collaboration. (laughs) I'm doing things with my arms right now. Jillian is doing the collaboration dance. What it looks like is she's like picking up stuff from the world and put it in putting it into her basket. Yeah. She's putting things in her basket. If my basket was in my armpits. (laughs) (laughs) Where else would it be? Where else would it be? (laughs) So yes. And then we've also gonna make a few other little tweaks. For example, like the tarot thing at the end that we did the season one, we just didn't really feel like it worked. We were ready to move on. We struggled a lot with that every single episode. Yeah. So we're not doing that anymore. Um, if you want tarot time, uh, there's I'm sure there's other ways to find it. If you want tarot time, book some time with Rosalie Forrest. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or get a tarot deck for yourself. It's all good. And so we'll play around with different things that we close out the show. So stay tuned to see what Mm -hmm. we come up with and see what sticks. All right. So I think it's time to get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Wait, but before we do, ad break. Hi, Rosalie Forrest here. I'm so excited to announce the launch of my new metaphysical advising business, rosalieforrest.com. Whether you are brand new to the world of woo or you've been practicing for decades, my goal is to empower you to access and train your metaphysical skills. I'm available to help you identify the underlying cause of your stumbling blocks and to co-create solutions. Everyone has their own unique path and I want to nurture yours. Do your woo. Ship My Soul says listeners get 20% off everything on my website when you enter promo code SHIT at checkout at rosalieforest.com. That's forest with two R's. I can't wait to work with you. Bye. Wasn't that an amazing ad break? (laughs) (laughs) So. So. Today's 
topic is really uplifting. Just about as uplifting as it gets. It really is. Depression. Depression. A topic near and dear to our hearts and our heads. (laughs) (laughs) It's near and dear to my head, for sure. Oh, mine too. So... Before we get into this, I just want yes. to do a quick content warning. We're going to be talking about mental health struggles. We don't script this, but I think the odds are pretty good that we could be talking about trauma and suicide or suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. So if those are topics that are triggering to you, I would recommend that you take a break and maybe listen to our next episode. Yeah, or our last episode. <laughs> Yes, or any one of the season one episodes. And also, just a really quick caveat, we are not doctors. We are not doctors. I worked with doctors that does not make me a doctor. Right. And we are also not medical practitioners, even though I used to be. And we are definitely not mental health practitioners. I did get my bachelor's in psychology that does not give me a license to practice <laughs> mental health. So these are re- this is really just based on our personal experiences and our personal understanding. Yes. And if you are feeling like you are considering committing suicide, please check yourself into a hospital, call a suicide hotline, yes. reach out to your friends. Get help. It's nothing to be ashamed of. A lot of us have been there. Yep. But yeah, nothing here is medical advice. So please do not take it as such. Thank you. All right. So as we dig into this, let's make sure that we're all on the same page, or at least you know what we're talking about when we're talking about depression. So Rosalie, how do you identify depression? So for me, and again, this is my personal definition based on my experience, is depression is a feeling of hopelessness and helplessness. It can have components of ennui. A big thing for me is difficulty doing anything and just a struggle to feel good about anything. Yeah, for me, it's we know that it has a lot to do with brain chemicals and serotonin and all of that. But for me, my personal experience with depression, it's I often kind of feel like my head is just everything moves slower or my head is sometimes feels like it's filled with tears Or like, or sometimes cotton balls, like my head is full of cotton balls, depending on how bad the depression is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just a sense of like, just fatigue. Yeah, fatigue is a big piece of it for me Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And I would also just add that it's not just, oh, I'm feeling sad. Of course. Yes. It's not, oh, if I just buck up, it'll get better. It's Beyond that. Yeah, it's good times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing too, I think it's kind of interesting as I've learned about depression is that there's a theory, and I stress that this is a theory, and I don't think this is the case for all depression. But one of the theories is that uh, depression is anger turned inwards, which for me kind of makes a lot of sense. I had a lot of anger growing up. Mm-hmm. And when you don't get a chance to express that anger and you turn it inwards, sometimes it can turn into depression. That doesn't mean that it always does. Right. In fact, sometimes it really is related to stress for me. So when I get really stressed out, it's just like then I crash and kind of go into depression where I just don't have any energy to do anything and feel kind of like just blah about life. It's like my body just wants to shut down Mm -hmm. to recover from stress. Sure. I have something really similar to that when I have a major anxiety attack. Because, you know, I don't just have depression, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky me. They're the two sides of the seahorse. Sawhorse. Seesaw. (laughs) One of those. Put the words together. 
So what I want to say here is that I think before we get into talking about how we use Boo, I think it's important to understand how depression has shown up in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. So that you can have kind of a gauge. So for example, for me, my depression, I have seasonal affective disorder, which means when it's dark and I'm not getting enough light, I am much more likely to get depressed when I go through bouts of depression. In fact, including today, I had a little mini bit of depression. I also have seasonal affective disorder, so I get it. You know, if you live in Portland or Seattle, you got a high <laughs> probability of, of mm-hmm. getting it if you have a propensity to it at all. And I also say the way I have depression, I tend to have it more mild. I tend to have it for a couple of days to a week. I don't have like a prolonged depression like some people do. I did once for a month, but usually, usually it's, it's pretty mild and it can vary in how, how severe it is. It can go from just like feeling kind of like today was kind of mild, like just feeling low and sad to the point where I'm actually having thoughts about like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I stepped in front of a bus? Mm-hmm. There is, it's the scale. <laughs> great scale so I'm like okay and so it's funny when I get to that point I'm like oh okay I'm here now huh and I'm like I'll just step into the middle of the road it's just like yeah Jill you're not doing too good today I think maybe you need to practice some more (laughs) self-care so I would say I probably have a more severe depressive picture than you do I have been diagnosed with generalized depression and anxiety I'm on an SSRI so that's an antidepressant and I'm actually on two different meds, and I don't remember what the other one does, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I had pretty severe postpartum depression when my son was born. And at that time, I didn't yet want to kill myself, but I was getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, I wished I was dead. Yeah. And in my early 20s, I had another incident when I felt like I wished I was dead. Like, wouldn't it be nice if yeah. a piano fell on my head? Yeah, I, I, my chance of suicide or chances of me committing suicide were more when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. That's when it was really, really hard for me. But, but yeah, luckily at this point in my life, suicide because of my belief system isn't on the table. Mm-hmm. For me, I started having depression when I was a teenager, and it's just kind of come in waves. So tell me, like, tell me about the first time that you experienced depression as a teenager. Like, what was your experience? Like, how did you interpret it? Because like, I know what my experience was, and I didn't know what depression was at the time. I didn't know either. And for me, I, you know, I grew up in Colorado. And when I was 14, my parents and I moved to the suburbs of Seattle. And a lot of people who haven't spent time in Colorado don't realize that it is the sunniest state yes. in the country. Yes, that's why it's on my list of potential places <laughs> because of the SADs, the disorder. <laughs> so going from the sunniest state with the fewest cloudy days to the darkest, the darkest to Seattle in the fall, which yeah. is rain, 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 clouds, 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 everything is gray. You know, the streets are gray. The buildings are gray. The, the people sky are gray. Is gray. The people are gray. It's just gray. Gray. It was very, very jarring. And I'd never moved anywhere before. And my brother had stayed in Colorado. He he was old enough that he didn't have to come with us. So I... He was spared. He was spared. He was so, spared the darkness. <laughs> I lost my, my built-in companion. 
And mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, he, he's still alive, but I just didn't have him around anymore. And I was just low. There's an element of it was a traumatic experience, right? Mm-hmm. Moving is a trauma. It's a big deal. Absolutely. Particularly when you're a teenager. Yeah. And then there was also the seasonal affective piece. But I also think that there was just it it triggered a lifelong battle. Yeah. What was your first experience? So I don't remember. Maybe I was 13. I had also moved from from Gladstone to Portland. So it was a bit small in geography, but large in impact emotionally. I just remember I thought I was going crazy. Like I literally thought, I just remember everything felt kind of distorted. Mm-hmm. And I just remember feeling like spacey yeah. and just thinking, okay, I'm going crazy now. Mm-hmm. But also getting really, really quiet and really curled up inside of myself, which, you know, if you know me, if I ever <laughs> get really quiet, it's a really big red flag. For sure. Because it is when I'm nervous, I talk a lot. When I'm happy, I talk a lot. When I'm bored, I talk a lot. (laughs) But if I'm not talking a lot, you know, I'm in a not a good place. Mm -hmm. And so I really kind of curled up inside of myself. And it wasn't until I was like a junior, senior in high school, when I got involved in this um, Planned Parenthood theater company in Portland. They used to have a theater company called Teens and Company. (laughs) And we got to learn about all of these topics like sex topics and dysfunctional family topics and depression. And when I learned about depression, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's what's the matter with me. Mm-hmm. That's what's the matter with me. I have depression and I had no idea. I just thought, particularly the winter time, I would just lose my shit. Mm-hmm. I would sit in my room in, like in darkness. I would just have meltdowns. And my family like just kind of thought I was being overdramatic. Sure. So that just made it worse, right? Because I felt mm-hmm. invalidated. So yeah, trauma, trauma, trauma. <laughs> it wasn't a good story. It wasn't like somebody's like, you look sad. I think you need help. That's why it's really important for me to talk to my niece and nephew about like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, as they turn 12 and 13, I want them to see the signs and know to get help and not think that they're just going crazy. Yes. It took me years to understand that I had depression. I don't think I even realized until after my first I wish I were dead incident. Yeah. Until several years after that, where I was like, oh, my gosh, that was depression. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I don't have a family that is super pro taking care of your mental health. And I think that's true for a lot of people. I think so, too. So how do you use Vu? Like, how do you use Vu to deal with it? To help it make make it not quite so severe. I mean, obviously, there's medical, which we're not going to get into those remedies. Right. Right? Because that's your doctor. To be honest, I don't use woo enough. Uh, I think part of it is for me when I get into a depressive funk, it's so hard for me to get up the gumption to do anything. Mm -hmm. And so even when I know like, oh, if I do a meditation or, oh, if I do a ritual or, oh, if I go outside and like have a meditative walk or whatever, then I'll feel better. It's just so hard to take Mm -hmm. that first step. Absolutely. So that's that is a struggle that I have. One of the things that I do find particularly helpful is crystals. Tell me more about that. I was born in February and my birthstone is amethyst. That's a lovely stone. It is. And it's one that I've always had this really strong affinity with. And I have a particular one that if I'm feeling really low or anxious or stressed, I can put it on my third eye and just do some deep breathing. 
And it's way more powerful than if I did it without the amethyst. But I just, it's like it just calms my entire being, starting from the third eye and just melting down. Nice. So that's a big one. But also just having crystals around can be really helpful. I feel like when you have them strategically placed in your home or your office, they help to, one, trigger your subconscious. And two, like the energy just helps to keep you at a slightly higher vibration. You know, it's interesting. So I don't use crystals. I'm going to now I'll try that. I'll grab my amethyst. You know, I've got crystals, but I'm not as big of a crystal person as she is. So I will grab my amethyst. But energy is really important to me when it comes to, to dealing with my depression. And for me, I'm very influenced by energy of space. Mm-hmm. In fact, before I became a life coach, I actually was going to be a space coach in helping people with their physical space and had some clients <laughs> for what it's worth. I had a few <laughs> clients, but my space has an impact on my mood. Definitely. And I think that there it's more than just like a, a, a concept is like, I think there's an energetic, like I know, as I was learning all about space planning, clutter, for example, is sticky. It has an energy to it and clutter actually I say it's sticky because it attracts more clutter. It's fascinating. I've seen this in play. You have a piece of clutter and like it just starts getting friends. Mm -hmm. They have a little clutter party. And that energy, like that energy of your space affects you. I'm energy sensitive, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, so today, as I mentioned, I was feeling low. I was feeling a little bit of depression. And so what I did is I knew I needed to clean my place, my house up. Now, granted, that means I wasn't at the lowest. When I'm at a really low place, it's hard to move at all, like you said. Right. But often what I'll do to help with that is like, because I tend to self-medicate with like television. So I'll like watch television for 20 minutes and then go for five minutes or 10 minutes to clean up my space. And as I clean up my space, I start to gain more energy. Mm. So it really, because I know I can't just do the whole place at once, but if I just do a room or if I just do five minutes or something, it it completely helps me in my mental state. I like that a lot because I struggle with clutter and my husband struggles with clutter and I've got a three-year-old, so... It's clutter's part of the game with a three-year-old. You know, my three-year-old is a Virgo and he is hands down the best at cleaning. (laughs) (laughs) He gets to be the cleaner for the house. Congratulations. (laughs) But I like the idea of just taking just a little bit here, like a little bit Mm -hmm. here and there, and then working at it a tiny bit at a time, because I think that that's a lot easier than saying, I'm going to clean my house. Yeah. Well, and the thing too, is when you're depressed, things are just so much more overwhelming. Yes. So if you think about your house, it's just going to press you more. Like it's just going to weigh you down. So that's like, that's why it can even be to the point where I'm like, I'm just going to clean that one shelf Mm -hmm. or that one area of the countertop. I'm just going to do that area. Sure. Or I mean, it could be something as simple as like, I'm going to give myself one minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You can be amazed at what you could do in one minute. And if I even if it doesn't look better, it will be better. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is I really do believe this is where the woo comes in, especially that things can drain your energy or they can give you energy, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've actually read about that. Imagine there's like little strings attaching to you to all of your things And if something fills you joy, like with Marie Kondo's technique, if it fills you joy, that means it's feeding you. Mm -hmm. But you can pick it up. And and you know, if it feels draining even to hold it, it's draining your energy. So the more you can kind of get that stuff put away, the more you're able to reclaim your energy. 
So yeah, when you talk about things, I mean, they can have an effect on your just your state of mind as well as your energy. Absolutely. I always mean to be like, oh, I'm in a feng shui in my house. Well, I mean, I can't even clear off the dinner table, but you know, <laughs> maybe one of these days I'll get around to feng shuiing it. <laughs> I have a book I can lend you. I have a book. Uh, maybe. I had a book. Who oh. knows where it would be? <laughs> <laughs> Well, so yeah, so that sort of thing helps me a lot is mm-hmm. to, to just clean out the house. But of course, you know, to your point that you said earlier, that's if you even have the ability to move. Right. And so I do have a woo technique. And I'm going to tell people about it. I don't know if this is going to be helpful or not. But it's extremely helpful for me. And that's I work with my spirit guides. Mm-hmm. I've, to- I've mentioned this in previous episodes. I think when we were talking about spirit guides, <laughs> which makes sense. <laughs> Because the spirit guides is in the title. But when I get to the point where I can't even function, I ask my spirit guides to just boss me around, basically. Mm. And they tell me, okay, now you're going to get up and you're going to take a shower. Okay, Mm -hmm. now you're going to do this. Now you do this. Now you do this. And I just, it's just so easy because I don't have to think about it. Sure. And it's weird because I know it's in my head. And if you don't believe in spirit guides, you think it's my own thoughts anyway. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Exactly. And it's not a part of my mind where I'm putting energy into thinking thoughts. It's not a part of my mind saying, well, I should do this, so I'll do it. No, it's literally a voice in my head saying, go get up and take a shower. If you don't believe in spirit guides, that's fine. You could still do that with your higher self or mm-hmm. your deities or the universe or the collective unconscious. Or you know what? You can also just pretend. Or you can just pretend. You can just pretend and it can still help you. You could ask Superman. Yeah, or Wonder Woman. Or Wonder Woman or anyone that you feel is an authority figure. Or that you feel connection to. Yeah, an ancestor. Mm-hmm. Anyone that can just help you that you view as someone who has authority, but a gentle authority where you're not yeah. going to resent them. And I say that I think the thing that's hard hard to kind of give this as advice to people is that people have a hard time learning like how do I listen to that in my head Uh and I don't know the best thing I can say for me is it feels like it's like comes in not even as words it's hard for me to describe but there's a different tone there's a the voice in my head that's me when I talk and start rambling on about all the shit my head rambles on about and then there's just it sounds like a different voice in my head so it just kind of Maybe listen for it. Just mm-hmm. just try listening for it. And you might be surprised what you're able to pick up. Yeah. Something that could potentially be helpful as well is, you know, if you're into astrology, looking up what's going on astrologically mm-hmm. to see, like, for me, if I can find meaning in why. Yes. It really helps me to say, like, okay, this is happening because Mars is doing blah, And then you can kind of say, okay, well, I'm not going to be ruled by these planets right now, or gosh, this new thing is happening. So if that's something you're into, it could potentially be really helpful. Yeah, that's an interesting approach. I'm also really interested in the why, but from a different angle, not from astrology. So as I mentioned, I studied psychology. Um, (laughs) And the area that I was particularly interested in was evolutionary psychology. I found it fascinating. Mm. And there's a theory. Now, granted, this is just a theory, but there's a, you know, the idea is that everything exists because it somehow helps us in a biological sense, potentially. Mm-hmm. So the theory about depression, untested, but the theory was that depression was a time for people to stop and say, I'm doing something wrong in my life. 
that needs to mm-hmm. change. Okay. It was a way for you to be like, stop. Because right when you have depression, you have no energy energy to do anything. Maybe. Depending on your level. Blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. the idea is that, like, you don't want to do things. It's a time to stop and kind of reflect hmm. is the concept. It's a theory, but I've taken that to be like, okay, when I have depression, it's also very cognitively based. It can be very much based off of the thoughts that I'm thinking in my head or how I'm feeling about life. It's all kind of interconnected for me for depression. And so like even today, as I was feeling down, I'm like, okay, well, what, where do I need to shift my thinking? Where do I need to shift my perspective on my life? Where do you need to grow and evolve? Because for me, depression is a tool that I believe that I've chosen for myself, for my spirit to help me evolve and learn and grow. And so depression, while not pleasant, I feel like is an opportunity for me to learn self-care and an opportunity for me to really take the time and understand myself in a deeper way and really reflect and, and shift and change. So I try to use it as a positive as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I think that that's awesome that you have that perspective and that you're able to kind of bring a positive spin to it. I do want to just say for people where that doesn't resonate. Yeah, that's my experience. Exactly. That's why I said at the beginning, this is my experience. Exactly. Because that doesn't, I'm like, yeah, I did not choose depression. I have had traumatic experiences from an emotionally abusive father to an emotionally abusive ex-boyfriend that led to PTSD, that led to anxiety cropping up. You know, there's, there's all these things. And I don't think that I chose all of that before I, I came into this life. Because for me saying, oh, I chose this makes me feel like I deserve what I'm getting, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's actually a, a negative way to look at it. It's disempowering for you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I think that everybody should do what makes the most sense Absolutely. to them. Yeah, I mean, that whole kind of concept. I know I've had other conversations with other friends. Like, I didn't choose this thing in my life. And that's like, that's my belief system for myself that works for me. Because yeah. I've been through some really traumatic shit in my life. And for me, I find it empowering mm-hmm. to think about maybe this is something, maybe I chose it before I came in before in, into form. Maybe I didn't, maybe it just happened. But in any case, I believe that my soul wants to choose these things to grow and to change and evolve. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, that's how I cope and that's how I deal and that's how I move through life. And everybody needs to find the way that works for them. Yes. So that's, you know, and if that works for you, cool. We can talk more about it. And if it doesn't, (laughs) that's fine too. I'm glad you, we all have different philosophies about life. Exactly. So other things that are woo that I found that are potentially helpful with depression Meditation can be really, really helpful for me, mm-hmm. uh, particularly mindfulness meditation. So just being aware of each of my body parts, that's even more powerful for me when I'm feeling anxious. Yes, I could see that. I also sometimes view my mental health issues as separate entities or parts that I can talk to. Yes, I love that. So, you know, my anxiety is like this spiky, monstery looking thing with a big mouth 
full of teeth, but it's blind, has no eyes. Oh. And so all it can do is be like, oh, I think there's something scary coming at me. I'm going to make a lot of noise. I'm going to bark, 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 bark and try to puff up. And I'm trying to be helpful, but in reality, it's just creating more problems. It's just stirring shit up. Yeah, but because it can't see, it doesn't know what level of threat things are. So it treats them all equally horribly. (laughs) Yes. And with depression, it's more of like a small child. Hmm. But I haven't I haven't spent as much time with the depression entity. So I need to kind of I need to look at that more because oh. it's really effective with anxiety just to be like, hey, anxiety monster, calm down. Yeah. We're not being attacked by a lion. I just have to write a paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of makes me think. So when I'm depressed, one of the signals for me that I'm going into a depressive state is I my thoughts get really negative. Mm-hmm. And they get really negative at me, mean to me. I start getting really mean to myself. And I'm lucky at the beginning, when I first was learning a lot about this in my teens and my 20s, it would turn me into it. It would put me into a tailspin. But now I find a way that I go. I mean, it's not the same as you as like seeing as an entity, but it is sort of a putting some distance between me and it where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm having these negative thoughts. I'm clearly I'm not in a good place right now. I'm going to postpone those thoughts because mm-hmm. my brain wants to think them. It wants to right. start beating me up and it doesn't want to just let them go. But I'm going to go, okay, I can still think about that stuff maybe tomorrow when I'm feeling better and I'm feeling a little bit more rational. Mm-hmm. Right. And that tends to help me a bit too, to help sure. me get out of just beating myself up. I like that. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring up a couple of other things that prior to being on meds that I did, which, you know, I used a lot of herbal remedies, primarily Chinese medicine, but that was something that was actually pretty helpful, especially when combined with acupuncture. I would not go back on an herbal remedy at this point because herbs interact with medications. Yeah, you got to be careful with pills you take, whether Mm -hmm. those are, you know, prescribed pills or over the counter. Exactly. And so when you're dealing with mental health things, the pills that you're that you are given do interact with herbs that have similar effects. Yeah. So you just really have to be careful about that and not use herbs indiscriminately. Or other substances. Or other substances. That's why I like ayahuasca. You can't be on SSRIs when you're on ayahuasca to take and take ayahuasca. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But there's actually one of the meds I'm on interacts poorly with CBD and marijuana where they counteract each other and don't work as well. Okay. So you got to know your stuff. Exactly. So just, you know, you want to just be aware And then I also want to just throw in a warning about St. John's wort. It's a very, very popular and common herb for depression. Yeah. I never found it worked well for me. So I'm curious to hear what your warning is. St. John's wort has a lot of potentially negative side effects. You shouldn't take it if you're taking antidepressants. It can interact with those negatively. I don't have the details. But to me, one of the scary things is that if you're on hormonal birth control, St. John's wort can cause it to not work properly. Oh, fun. Good times. Right? So I see it a lot in women's formulas. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no. That's not what you want to be mixing with your birth control. Yeah. Like if you're depressed, don't, you definitely don't want a pregnancy scare. Yeah. (laughs) 
And again, with all of this, like check with your pharmacist, check with your doctor about your medications and any supplements. Yes, exactly. Acupuncture is still really helpful for me when I get around to doing it. (laughs) And also when I do rituals, whether they're with other people or by myself, those are really helpful. Well, and I know I talked about this in our energy episode, I believe, but energy work. Also, I remember when I, one time I had depression and was wanted to go to this energy healing clinic and it was literally across the street. And I went over and I felt like my head, it was one of those times that my head just felt full of like clouds or Mm -hmm. cotton balls or whatever. And I just felt, just could feel it. And I went over there and I got this energy healing and it like all cleared away. Mm. So, and, and that does kind of bring up, the more I learn about it, I do wonder sometimes if I label something as depression And maybe there are various different things, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think I also have an issue with gluten. And so sometimes I'll have a reaction to gluten where I get very low energy. And sometimes I would think that's depression. But there's a difference, right? Because I don't have the, I might have low energy, but I don't have the negative thoughts, Mm -hmm. right? I wonder if, like, maybe it's something energetically going on that I'm labeling as depression, but it's not depression. I don't don't know. I think it's really hard to say that one thing alone is responsible for our state of mind. Yeah. Because we are... Multidimensional beings. Yeah, multidimensional beings. But even if you don't believe in that, even if you believe we're a single dimensional being, our... Mental health affects our mood, affects our body, affects our spirit. Like they all are constantly interacting with each other. And so if I feel stressed, then I will have certain reactions. My body will feel a certain way. Or if my body feels sick, I will get more anxious or sad or depressed. And so everything feeds into each other. And so it's a matter of finding a point like finding one spot that you can affect to help you reverse that cascade. And I think too, for me, I like approaching it from like multi different dimensions, mm-hmm. right? So I like to use the woo side of things, but I also like to use the non woo, right? I've got a light for my SAD. I focus on my food and make sure I'm eating healthy. And like exercise if is good for me to be preventative. By the time I'm depressed, it's probably too late for depression for exercise. Mm-hmm. But I know that it, it keeps me healthy, it keeps my brain in tune. Right. I mean, there's, you know, it's also looking at my chakras. Mm. seeing if there's any chakra that feels particularly icky that can have a big piece of it. I think my most notable chakra experience was with you when I felt like I had this black gunk on my heart after I'd broken up with my abusive ex-boyfriend and you did an energy healing on me and you were like, I see there's something black and like sticky on your heart chakra and you just cleaned it off. And it was like, oh my gosh, my whole mental state just went poof. I wasn't fixed, but I was so much better. Nice. So looking at your chakras or having somebody who can look at your chakras, like, I don't know, Jillian. (laughs) (laughs) Like me. It's potentially really a very powerful tool. Yeah completely agree. That's why I am looking forward to energy work eventually becoming mainstream and something where they're able to actually utilize it. 
I think yes. there's so much untapped potential in energy work. Agreed. I mean, I know this isn't the energy work episode, but like literally I I did an energy healing on a woman who did not believe in any of it and was like, okay, whatever. I gave her an energy healing and she started crying and she was like, I don't even know why I'm crying. It's like, it's okay. <laughs> releasing. releasing energy. <laughs> So there's something to it. They're like, I mean, really, like, I sometimes don't want to feel like there's anything to it, but well, not now. But originally, <laughs> like, I would think, oh, there's this is just something we're making up in our heads. But no, there's definitely stuff to it. Absolutely. Any other things you want to bring up? For me, being around people helps me with, mm. with my version of depression. So I know, like, if I'm feeling depressed over the weekend... When I would go into work in person, that would give me a like, oh, okay, good. I'm going to be going around other people in a couple of days and that will help me get back to normal. Mm -hmm. But since I don't have that now, it's harder for me to get out of it. It stays more of a constant state a little sure. longer because I don't have other people's. And I don't know what that is. If I'm matching their energy or I'm picking up their energy or I'm doing some healing on that I don't even know about because apparently <laughs> I do that. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. But there's something around being other around other people that helps me clear through the depression. Mm, I like that. For me, I'm more of an introvert. So being around people as a sort of generic concept doesn't help me. It can mm -hmm. make things worse. But being around specific people can really help. Yes. Certain friends, you're one of them. You Yay. give me energy instead of sucking it away. But, you know, I have certain friends where it's like, oh, I don't really want to talk to them, but I said I would. And then I talk to them and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel so much better. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's something about that. We can heal each other. Yes. And we are, you know, a species that likes to be in groups. This is the truth. <laughs> Going back to that evolutionary psychology idea. <laughs> yeah, so that's like kind of the, the soup to nuts on woo and oh, depression. I'm sorry, could you not use that phrase? Soup to nuts. We <laughs> hate that phrase so much. I had this coworker who was the worst and... He used to be like, well, that's soup to nuts. And we got to do soup to nuts and soup to And I was like, if I ever hear that again, I'm going to punch somebody. It's a good thing I'm on this side of the screen. Sure you can't is. punch me. Okay. And that's the alpha to omega on depression. <laughs> is that better, Rosalie? Yes, thank you. So, yeah, that's the news that's fit to print about depression. I'm going to see what other, like, <laughs> stupid sayings there are. That <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, that's, I would say that's what we have experienced about depression. Those are the things that we've learned, our techniques, our tips, our tricks, our findings about how to interact with the world and ourselves when we're in a depressed state. But we still have more to learn about this. We're still people that are growing and learning. Absolutely. So I know for me, what I would still like to learn. So if anybody is out there has any tips or techniques, I would love to hear it. Like I said, for me, my depression tends to be very cognitively based, like my thoughts tend to push me into depression a lot more. And I haven't yet found out how to when that starts how to redirect that energy mm. into something positive, right? Right. I tend to like avoid by like watching TV or eating mm -hmm. or end up going down the rabbit hole of the depression thoughts, mm -hmm. the thoughts that stir up the depression. But I would love to hear a way to kind of how to redirect that energy in a healthy way. That's what I want to learn. I love it. I feel like I need to learn how to 
just get started when I'm in that slump. Mm-hmm. And before we actually started the episode, we were talking about Quan Yin, who is a goddess of compassion. Yes. And she came. So she's been here all this time. Yes. She's pretty powerful, people. If you ever want to work with Quan Yin, you should. Yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, maybe having a little statue of Quan Yin in my mm-hmm. home would be really helpful because she just she came in and it was like, oh, yeah, just so calm so quickly. Yeah. And I, I just feel like she she just can hold you in her hand. Mm-hmm. You know, like she just feels really big to me and like she could just hold you. Mm, I like mm, that image. I like that too. Okay. All right. So there we go. So let us know what you do. What woo, what woo do you do to deal with depression? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we are going to wrap up. Wrap it up. And this is normally where we would do tarot time. Tarot. But instead, we're going to maybe set some intentions. Yes. So we're going to try this is setting an intention for the next two weeks. But since this is January 1st, when we're recording this, we're going to set an intention for the year ahead, I think. Yes. So for I think shit my soul says, our intention is to grow. Yes. And maybe find a production company. My intention is even more specific that I want us to be in a top 100 chart. (gasps) I love it. Yes. I don't know. It might be in Timbuktu. I don't care. But I want to be in a top 100 chart someplace. And then, yes, to get a producer, I think would be like we've worked really hard, you know, getting this together. Rosalie, you do an amazing job doing the editing. But I just feel like we're ready to take it up to the next level. And so if anybody out there is a producer, knows a producer or production company, give us a holla. Make our Definitely. make our dreams come true. <laughs> And what about you? Do you have any intentions you want to set for like the next two weeks? Let's let's also do the next two weeks. I think for the next two weeks, I want to focus on really just bringing the woo into my life. Like mm-hmm. just every day making it a point to be in the woo and not just accidentally woo. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm woo a lot because I'm a woo person. But a lot of times it's just sort of like an an accident. Like I trip over the woo and land in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my intention for the next two weeks is not woo related, but it's about, but it's about life. So, you know, why life and woo are interconnected is to be able to have balance between my work life and my body life, like Mm. making sure that I'm taking time to take care of my body and eating well so that I don't get into depression and so that I have enough energy and that I'm exercising and taking the time for myself and knowing that who I am deserves self-care and I don't need to just be sucked up into a day job. I love that. And bonus, that should help with your depression. Exactly. And on that note, do your woo. Yes, do your woo. And tell us, what shit does your soul say? Yes, what shit does your soul say? Bye! Bye.